Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The attack uh, that Colonial Pipe suffered is a ransomware attack. We're dealing with a shortage and it could impact our economy greatly. Rockets fired into the Golan Heights. Israel will have no choice but to defend itself. Liz Cheney is warning her party. The former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Wednesday. A lot to talk about today. There are uh, uh, some, some good stories in the pile of uh, stories. Uh, well, depending on where you are, if you're a rhino or a conservative, you might like this first story. Representative Liz Cheney spoke to her colleagues in the House Republican Conference today. Uh, happened earlier this morning, shortly before she was ousted as the conference chair by voice vote. What's weird about this is they voted her out. <laughs> She's walking off stage. They gave her a standing ovation. So which is it? Uh, the other interesting thing is apparently it was Virginia Fox who introduced the resolution to remove Cheney. Uh, she reminded Cheney that a leader with no followers is just a person on a walk. In the uh, short speech Cheney gave, hammering the for- former president Donald Trump, so she doesn't give up. I mean, this is why they're kicking her out, is because her constant hammering of Donald Trump for what she said are efforts to unravel our democracy and warned that those who enable Trump risk tarnishing their legacy. She also prayed, quoting John 8, 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Representative Ken Buck of Colorado said Cheney got a standing ovation for her remarks. Hmm. little uh, undecided there, perhaps? You vote her out, then give her a standing ovation? As many Republicans are aiming to move on from the presidential election and Trump's false claims that it was stolen, and still others are saying that the party needs the help of the former president in midterms. Consistent consensus emerged that Cheney's regular broadsides against Trump were counterproductive. So they give her the boot because she's constantly harping against Donald Trump. So what does she do? As soon as they give her the boot... She goes out, there's a bunch of uh, liberal media folks there, and she immediately starts out going after Trump once again. Going forward, uh, the nation needs it. The nation needs a strong Republican Party. Uh, the nation needs a party that, uh, that is based upon fundamental principles of conservatism. And I am committed and dedicated to ensuring uh, that that's how this party goes forward, and I plan to lead the fight to do that. I will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. We have seen the danger uh, that he continues to provoke with his language. Uh, we have seen his lack of commitment and dedication to the Constitution. Uh, and I think it's very important that we make sure whomever we elect is somebody who will be faithful to the Constitution. By the way, Liz Cheney will now be the darling of the press, the mainstream media, the liberal progressive media. And she went immediately went on NBC 
and uh, continue to slam Donald Trump. But I am sick and tired of these rhinos. I mean, there was a time where Liz Cheney, I thought, ah, yeah, she, you know, her, her dad is sort of middle of the road, but uh, thought Liz Cheney might actually be a true blue conservative. Why she went off the deep end, I cannot answer. But I'm sick and tired of these rhinos relying on the excuse that Trump's rhetoric and tweets are unpresidential. I will say again, for decades, Republicans have been begging and whining and crying for somebody to please come in and play hardball, stand toe-to-toe with these Democrats. We finally get somebody who does it effectively— and you've got a bunch of rhinos who immediately start, well, Donald Trump isn't playing nice. And talk about the fundamental principles of conservatism. Uh, really, uh, I mean, Donald Trump, in terms of his, and let, let's set aside the tweets, let's set aside the rhetoric, but let's look at what the guy did. He is by far embraced the fundamental principles of conservatism better than any president, I would say, in my lifetime. Maybe something, you might make an argument that Ronald Reagan did a little bit better, but he's right up there with Ronald Reagan. And in, in terms of getting things done, I would say he's gotten more done than Ronald Reagan. Now, if you want to look at the whole package, maybe Reagan wins first place. Is it not Nancy Pelosi who called conservatives Nazis? Was it not Hillary Clinton who called conservatives deplorables? Was it not Obama who said in a very derogatory manner conservatives are hanging on to their guns and Bibles? Was it not Biden who said that conservatives want to put blacks back in chains? Where was the outrage there? Why was there no outrage? Because the mainstream media, they were fine with that. I mean, really, a lot of what Donald Trump said and tweeted, some of his wounds were self-inflicted, but much of it was because the mainstream media magnified it and harped on it. You had Jim Acosta, who was on the CNN every night, whining and complaining about it. And then individuals like Liz Cheney give the mainstream media some sort of credibility. Oh, see, here's a Republican. Oh, we got a Republican that agrees with us. Oh, it's it's bipartisan, a bipartisan uh, fact that uh, everybody hates Donald Trump. And the comment that Trump refuses to follow the Constitution, what are you talking about? I mean, could you, A, please cite some specific examples. B, could you please have as much outrage against liberal policies liberal politicians that are totally unconstitutional. Now, I'm sure Liz Cheney doesn't like H.R. 1, but I mean, two-thirds of what Obama proposed was unconstitutional. And yet the mainstream media, they just winked at it. There was no, no question. But in terms of actually getting things done, the fundamental principles of conservatism, Donald Trump was a breath of fresh air. I mean, what do you want, Liz? What do you want? I, I, no doubt she probably voted for Joe Biden. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to conceive. But based on what she said today, I can't believe. Maybe she didn't vote, which is a half a, bu- a vote uh, uh, you know, for Joe Biden if you don't vote for your president. 
Representative Bryson Donalds of Florida said Cheney was becoming a distraction for Republicans. Today's vote shows that Republicans are united behind one goal, taking back the House, said Lance Lance, uh, Gooden from Texas. Others in the conference were a little bit (laughs) more in your face. Madison Cawthorn from uh, North Carolina tweeted, na-na-na-na, na-na-na-na, hey-hey, goodbye. Um, Liz Cheney. Yeah, don't, I, I know, I can't sing. Uh, the most re, uh, the most likely replacement for Cheney would be uh, Elise Stefanik from New York, who is a uh, Trump defender. Stefanik has the backing of Kevin McCarthy and minority whip Steve Scalise and Donald Trump. I really do think the likes of Liz Cheney, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, a few others, you know, why does she do this? I, I, I think a, a part of this is, uh, frankly, jealousy. I mean, they look at Donald Trump and say, how dare you? I've been playing this political game my entire adult life, and you just waltz in here and win the White House, and that's not fair. I am not going to defend everything that Donald Trump tweets. But could will you please look at the whole package? And again, I, I'm, I'm sorry— are, 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 Liz, are you so uninformed? Are you so inintel- unintelligent? Are you so unwise that you cannot see, you cannot connect the dots, that the same things that liberals have done in the past and said worse, the, the only difference is the mainstream media gives them a buy. Yet with the mainstream media, Donald Trump gets up and gives a speech on January 6th. The mainstream media's narrative is this was uh, no investigative, uh, you know, really investigative journalism into, okay, who exactly were these people that went into the the Capitol, stormed the Capitol? Uh, You know, we're just we're just sort of taking the mainstream media's word for it and what they say, at least Liz, Liz Cheney does. I. And by the way, I think Liz Cheney's done. Uh, I will really be surprised. I hope conservatives in Oklahoma have got the ability to pick just one candidate and they don't run, you know, a, a dozen candidates for the primary position, which Liz Cheney will run again for her seat. But if there's a dozen people running, she'll probably win. If we could get it down to one strong candidate against Liz Cheney, she's out. The consumer price index rose by 4.2% in April. That's the biggest jump since 2008. 13 years. The Dow has lost 1,000 points in the last two days. Now, we've had times like this in recent months. Don't know whether uh, this is the beginning of a downward trend. Wouldn't be surprised. Um. The, the the Trump administration got the economy on the right track. Joe Biden immediately put the brakes on, shut down the wall, shut down the pipeline, uh, reintroduced the idea of we're going to raise taxes. We're going to go after corporations with higher corporate taxes. We're going to go after the rich with higher taxes, and we're going to spend and print money hand over fist. And it's it's and, and I, I I understand that when Trump was in there, we were spending a lot of money also. I understand that. But we also had an economy that was humming along. 
Joe Biden comes in and immediately puts the brakes on. Again, I think a big part of this is we had a president in there under Trump who ran a business. He knew what it meant to invest in the company company or the country, and he knew how to get the business humming along, and it was well on its way. You get Joe Biden in there who has never signed a paycheck in his life, never had to meet a payroll in his life, thinks it grows on trees, literally thinks it grows on trees, and he's just going to wave his magic wand and everything's going to be wonderful. Uh, I think we're... You're going to see real estate increase. You're going to see precious metals increase. Stock market, we'll have to wait and see. PJ Media is reporting Biden's energy secretary made a stunning admission about pipelines. You know, again, in his first day in office, Joe Biden canceled the XL pipeline. And a lot of this, he said, was because the EPA. You know, we got to, we got to do things safe. Uh, the XL pipeline provided energy, provided jobs. And he said uh, he canceled it because it was not in the national interest to maintain and continue the XL pipeline. Interestingly, this after, or yesterday afternoon, Biden's own energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, every now and then a liberal accidentally speaks the truth. Listen to what she said. Can you uh, tell us uh, what is the feasibility of using rail cars to transport fuel into the affected areas? I know that's being looked at. Yeah, um, the DOT is looking at that, and so we'll have to wait till their analysis is done. Um, these these are not easy solutions because um, there may or may not be the right uh, rail cars. There may not or may not be the deep water ports available for the Jones Act to be able to respond. So this particular area of the country, there. this is why we have um, doubled down on ensuring that there's an ability to truck uh, oil in, gas in. But it's, it's, uh, the pipe is the best way to go. And so that's why, um, hopefully, this company, uh, Colonial, will, in fact, uh, be able to restore operations by the end of the week, as they have said. Did you catch that? <laughs> Did you catch that, what she accidentally said? She accidentally let it slip? She says, so this particular area of the country there, this is why we've doubled down on ensuring that there's an ability to truck oil in, gas in. But it's the pipe. The pipe is the best way to go. (laughs) Every now and then they slip up. Uh, By the way, Peter Bedusi asked uh, Jen Psaki if the uh, Biden administration was rethinking their opposition to the new pipeline Saki admitted that canceling more pipelines wasn't off the table. And uh, anyway, she no, Joe Biden is not going to reinstate the XL pipeline. By the way, um, up in Michigan. So in the midst in the midst of this gas shortage, what does this genius Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer do? And again, I, I will say it again. Please note that these people aren't stupid. These people are are deliberate and calculated, and what they're doing is what they want to do. They want to cripple this country. They want to overwhelm the system. It's the Cloward-Piven model, overwhelm the system so that we can reintroduce our new system. It's called socialism. It's called communism. But up in Michigan, Governor Whitmer has ordered the shutdown of pipelines in her state as the country faces— Sky-high gas prices and gas stations empty because 
And, and look, I, OK, is this Biden's fault? Let me just say it again. If Trump was in the White House, the Russians wouldn't be pulling this. If, if Trump was in the White House, Hamas would not be attacking Israel. Governor Whitmer has ordered that a pipeline be shut down in part of her, uh, her part of the country. Whitmer's order set a deadline for May of 2021 for the pipeline to be shut down. The state claimed Enbridge repeatedly violated a 1953 easement. So this pipeline has been there for almost 70 years, 68 years, and she's going back and saying this Enbridge has violated a 1953 easement allowing the company to operate dual pipelines in the Straits of uh, Mackinac to transport petroleum and other products. I mean, this is, she's just going out of way to find an excuse to try to shut it down. Let's, let's screw the American people. Let's screw the people of Michigan. <laughs> Unbelievable. By the way, I uh, mentioned earlier when I was talking about Liz Cheney, I said the people of Oklahoma. She represents Wyoming, okay? Uh, a little slip of the lip there, but uh, the, hopefully the people of Wyoming will uh, find somebody else to uh, replace Liz Cheney. We're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Welcome back and taking a look at your weather forecast. Rain mostly uh, this evening will begin to taper off uh, tonight. Uh, by 7, 8 o'clock, you're going to see the precip disappear. It's going to be cold tonight, though, low around 43. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with high near 71. Friday, sunny with high near 72 and more for the weekend. So uh, you're going to see highs in the 70s with lots of sunshine over the next few days and lows in the nighttime hours, getting down to around 50 degrees. North Carolina's Senate approved a bill Tuesday that would require doctors to provide the same duty of care for a child who was born alive after an attempted abortion that they would for any other newborn. Those who fail to make such effort to safeguard a child after an abortion would face civil penalties and be charged with a misdemeanor, which includes a fine of up to $250,000. Democrat Roy Governor rejected a similar measure in 2019, citing unnecessary interference between doctors and their patients. Well, you know, after the baby is born alive on the table, that is a human being. That is a human being. So are you going to snuff it out? Where's the doctor for that human being? Republicans overturned his veto in one chamber, but did not have enough votes to do so in the other. The latest proposal would face a similar Cooper veto. This is unbelievable that anybody with any amount of humanity and decency in their bones would veto such a bill. I mean, it's bad enough that the abortion takes place, but you have a, a, an innocent human being born alive. You're going to ignore it? You're going to snuff it out? I mean, who was the guy in Philadelphia, the, the, the gruesome doctor, what was his name, who uh, snuffed out babies after they were born? Who uh, Women died in their clinic. What, what was the, you, you remember the story I'm talking about. Somebody will text it to me. But um, 
What's the difference? What's the difference between the children that he killed and, and what we're talking about here? Senator Joyce Krawick from uh, Forsyth County sponsored the Born Alive bill. This has nothing to do with abortion access. She said it has everything to do with a living human being breathing outside of its mother, a citizen of this state and of the United States. Thank you. But Senator Natalie Murdoch from Durham believes that Senate Bill 405 is a solution in search of a problem and will have a damaging impact on families. So let's wait until we have a bunch of reports of babies being snuffed out. Then we can pass it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, Kermit Gosnell, thank you. Kermit Gosnell. Somebody just tweeted that or called that in. Thank you. Um, Murdoch goes on to say this bill does not protect babies. It makes it harder for doctors to provide the safe and legal medical care that they are trained to provide. How do you do these mental gymnastics? How do you do these verbal gymnastics? This this is not going to protect babies. It's going to do more harm than good if we actually ask people not to snuff out the life of a baby. I, I, it's it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling that you have people that are this heartless and bloodthirsty. I, how do you not call it murder? Five six one eight two five five is Don on the line. Hey Don, how are you, sir? It is. Good evening. How are y'all? Doing well. Good to hear from uh, you. I I definitely call it murder, and it's by design. Uh, I don't remember the exact details. But when Cooper was the attorney general and there was something going around about the abortion industry and the abortion bill, and because the attorney general in Virginia could not get it to where whatever the details were, uh, Cooper said, well, he couldn't do it, so I'm not going to try. In other words, he was not standing up for the pro-life people. At that point in time is when I consider Roy Cooper a murderer. And now that he's governor, it's even worse. He's accessory to it. And he'll be, I I guarantee you he'll veto this. I mean, Planned Parenthood and the liberals are all calling his shots anyway. I guarantee you he'll veto it. I will be so glad when he is not governor anymore, but I do not want him back in Nash County. (laughs) I hear you. I don't know where where will we export him to. Well, let's let's uh, hope and pray that we can uh, get somebody. Lo- there you go. Well, yeah. I mean, all his money comes from New York and California. He'll probably retire there anyway. Great points. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Uh, going on with the story, medical professionals are trained to make appropriate decisions about what actions they should take in certain scenarios. Liz Barber, an ACLU of North Carolina policy analyst, said in a news release, quote, it's unimaginable that lawmakers would inter- interject themselves into those final moments in a way that disregards a family's wishes and a doctor's training during such a difficult time. Uh, again, the verbal gymnastics to try to justify, and and how dare you try to try to have, uh, you know how how uh, look all of our laws are based upon morals, and and the idea that we're going to uh, a baby first of all it's it's immoral to even have abortion, but when they're born alive at that point they are a living human being outside the body. 
And, and you can say, well, you know, if, if you know, they, they can't survive without their mother. Well, any toddler, any, any young kid can't survive without their mom or dad taking care of them. This idea that we're going to snuff them out, they ought to be ashamed. How do these people look themselves in the mirror? First and Freedom is reporting Republicans in the North Carolina House of Representatives. This is a good, uh, and by the way, three cheers for this uh, Born Alive bill. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pointing out the fallacies of those that argue against it, but uh, thanks for uh, passing this bill. The bill passed by a vote of 28 to 21. It now heads for the House. And I, I think, you know, if, if the Senate passed it, for sure I think the House will pass it. Uh, going on to this other bill, First and Freedoms reporting Republicans in the North Carolina House of Representatives have filed legislation to ban the use of critical race theory and other social justice perversions in public education curricula uh, it passed this week, moving uh, finally moving to defend sound education from a cultural uh, culture war of indoctrination waged by the um, by the woke. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it hasn't passed. It was filed this week. However, uh, Tim Moore, who I want to get on the air, he I, in fact I just texted him a few minutes ago. They're still in session, so he couldn't come on with us. But uh, he is championing this bill. Uh, the speaker's support is critical for the passage in the House. Obviously, uh, it was also uh, gaining support in the uh, Senate. But um, and and uh, and Governor Cooper will veto this as well. House Bill three twenty four, ensuring dignity and non discrimination schools, filed by tenured Republican committee chairs, would prohibit public schools from promoting concepts contrary to the American precepts of equality and intrinsic worth and rights of every person. That means critical race theory and banning any number of other similar uh, racial social theories being taught as fact and pervasively promulgated throughout our education. Uh, the ensuring dignity and non-disclosure in schools says, among other things, the General Assembly finds that Article One, Section 1 of the Constitution of this state recognizes the equality and rights of all persons. Therefore, it is the intent of the General Assembly that students, teachers, administrators, and other school employees respect the dignity of others, acknowledge the right of others to express differing opinions, and foster and defend intellectual honesty, freedom of inquiry and instruction, and freedom of speech and association. Compelling students, teachers, administrators, and other school employees to affirm or profess beliefs in the concepts described in subsection C of this section, including concepts described in, uh, anyway, it goes on to in great detail, and there's a lot of who, who therefores and what niles and whatnot. But uh, basically, it is clear uh, that this bill would point out, no, you're, you're, it, it, this is unconstitutional. It is illegal. And by the way, three cheers that they are passing this bill but it doesn't really need to be passed if we would simply go back and follow the state constitution. The idea is, no, you cannot get up and teach that a, a, a white person is a, a racist individual based on their skin color. I mean, this is the same racism that we have been fighting against for decades— the victims have been the African-American community, and now we're just simply reversing it, and we're just, just as racist, but now we're pointing to, to whites. And progressives would say, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> so what's the difference? I mean, the, the hatred in, in one's heart is, is the same no matter who it's aimed against.
Unbelievable. And by the way, Fox News is reporting the eight-member Oklahoma City Public School Board of Elections yesterday unanimously denounced a new law signed by Kevin Stitt that implicitly bans the teachings of critical race theory from being included in the state's public school curriculum. Board member Ruth Veals, who was black and Native American, argued the legislation was attempting to quiet discussions regarding race in order to protect white fragility. Exhibit A. I mean, this 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 woman immediately goes, "Oh, well, this this is white fragility." In other words, this she she has the ability to make a racist statement like that. Stitt, a Republican, signed House Bill 1775 into law on Friday. In part, the bill states that no teacher shall require or make part of a course that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. And by the way, this gal that's going to head up discrimination at the Department of Justice, this is the same woman who has written in the Harvard uh, newspaper, promoted the idea that, yeah, that, that one race is superior to another race. Five six one eight two five five. Who we got? Let's go to Reed, who's on the line. Hey, Reed. Sure. I, I've got a question. I'm not a doctor, and I'm very much against abortion. But I just assumed that all babies that were healthy that went through an abortion were born alive anyway. Are they or not? If you come out of the birth canal, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to go into, into great detail, but uh, n- no, I mean, many of them are ripped apart in the womb. I mean, they're, they're oh. literally, I mean, they're, it, and this is why it's so, so sick. I mean, you're, you're talking about, oh, yeah. you're talking about a, a, a minutes and inches. In other words, if that, if that child had just been pulled out of the womb just inches, from where they were sitting there healthy and happy, getting ready to come into this world, and instead the abortionist goes in, tears it apart, sucks it out with a vacuum. So in most cases, no, they're not born alive. Or you have a, a chemical that you take and the, the, before the, the child could be viable, you know, in the early stages of pregnancy, it, you know, the body, the female body throws it off. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a it's a sick practice, and you know, this is one of the reasons why they want to keep, they want to try to sanitize this terrible practice. Because if the American people could really see what happens in the abortion clinic, and you know, you you have stories like there was a movie out about a young lady who's working for Planned Parenthood, and uh, in in this movie, I can't remember what the na- name of it is. My, un, yeah, the movie was unplanned. Thank you, Clark. She she witnessed an abortion. She worked at Planned Parenthood, and and, and they're apparently they're shorthanded back in, in the abortuary part of the office. They asked her to come in and help. And after she witnessed this gruesome practice where the body parts came out, she she immediately realized I can't do this anymore. And uh, this is this is how the whole story of Unplanned came about. But. Yeah, it's a gruesome practice, but every now and then they are born alive. They are born as viable, and they're born in you know in the late stages of the pregnancy. And all they're saying is, let's let's keep the child alive as best we can, uh, instead of just letting it lie there on the yeah, that, table that, and dying. That, I appreciate you clarifying that because I, I I just I don't know. I 
it's one of those things I, I've been blissfully ignorant about other than, other than uh, I really you think know, that, I'm, that I'm against it, but I, I just assumed that, that it was an early delivery and, you know, they're alive before they're delivered. Well, it, regardless, even if that was the case, I mean, the, the, the horrendous, terrible, and, and that's, it is just such a gruesome, barbaric practice. And, you know, we have people now that look back on our history with slavery, and rightly so. They're, they're abhorrent, you know, it's, it's abhorrent to them. I, I, I hope that 50 years from now, you know, if America is still in existence, that people will look back and they will just uh, cry at, at the the mutilation we did to these children in the womb, it's 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 horrendous. It's it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, Reed. Appreciate it. Five six one eight two five five. Hang on if you're on hold. Uh, we've got to take a time out. We'll be right back. Almost back to normal means back to eating out. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Back to the gym. Sir, there's no smoking on the treadmill. Back to smelling your co-workers' lunch. Uh, who cooked fish in the microwave again? And back to wasting time in traffic. Our updates and alternates. We get you back to the good stuff. Go, son, go! Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. The Carolina Journal is reporting that there is another House bill, 813, and this House bill would basically ban state agencies from paying ransomware after a cyber attack. So while we are hoping to get gasoline back in our cars and gasoline back in the uh, gas stations, the uh, government of North Carolina is saying, you know what, if this happens to us, we're not going to pay any ransom. Which I, you know, I, I would say that there's only a couple of states that have considered this or done this. Iowa and New York have done this. And, uh, I mean, if you're out there and you're one of these companies that's going to try to uh, extort money via ransomware and you have 47 states that didn't have this legislation, I would think I would pick one of those 47 instead of a state that says, no, we're not going to pay ransomware. We'll see where this goes. House Bill 813. 5618255. Let's go to Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you, sir? Henry, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, well, good. This is Tom, not Henry, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, Tom, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Hen- Henry will feel like he's a big cheese now that... Uh... Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. No, I had, had my hours confused. I do have a question for you, though. You're a smart fellow. You can figure this out for me. If uh, we're funding NASA to go to Mars so they can find perhaps a dried-out husk and then jump up and down and scream life on Mars, how is it in the same country funding that potential discovery, nine-month-old unborn fetus doesn't qualify as life? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but uh, your example is is uh, so well-spoken. Uh, yeah, uh, great question. Um Exactly. Uh, and, and the, the things that we want to go and, and dig up in archaeology, and I, I'm not knocking those things, but yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty evident what life is. And, uh, but yet it's, you know, it's what is politically correct, what is convenient, what do I feel like doing? We've got a sexual revolution where males think they're females, females think they're males, up is down and down is up, and Death is life, and life is death. I mean, it's it's you know, it's a crazy world in which we live. And to your point, what you just mentioned, 
have your viewers, and you probably saw this on Fox News last night, but have your viewers look to Great Britain. Their Labor Party has taken a beating in the last two elections because of the radical social left uprising, and I believe we're just one election cycle behind them. I think 2022, don't hold your breath, but keep fighting, but 2022, we're going to see a complete reversal. And I, I really do believe that's true. Well, I think you're right, and I, I, again, I I don't believe uh, the results of the last election. And you know, call me conspiracy oh theorist, but I just I don't believe it. I, I I you know, Donald Trump had too many good things going for him and going for this nation, and uh, I and you look at all the uh, the criteria that needed to be met for an incumbent to win back the White House. And, and he, you know, checked every box. You know, he won the bellwether states. He, he got more votes as an incumbent than, than any other incumbent president in the history of our country. And, uh, you know, they, they increased the number of uh, seats they took in the House. You know, all the things that an incumbent would need to do to win re-election. And uh, they're saying that Joe Biden won. It's just—and and again, why are they fighting so hard— these audits that are taking place, uh, especially the one in Arizona, they're just you know they're up in arms because they believe that uh, they 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 don't want their cover blown. I think that's exactly why they're fighting it. You and I agree completely. Sam, thanks. Thank appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Thanks so much. Five six one eight two five five. We got to take another time out. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven. Welcome back in eight minutes before the top of the hour. The Washington Free Beacon is reporting the former president of one of Joe Biden's closest union allies is heading to jail. Dennis Williams, who served as the president of the International United Auto Workers Union for four years, was sentenced to 21 months in prison. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Michigan announced that yesterday Williams was convicted of conspiring with at least six other union officials to embezzle funds from union members. Instead of serving the interest of the hardworking men and women of the UAW, Dennis Williams conspired with senior UAW officials to embezzle over a million bucks in union funds. We will continue to work with law enforcement partners to investigate corrupt union officials who portray the union members who are entrusted to, they are entrusted to represent. (laughs) Look, I I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, (laughs) but is this not pretty much a common practice in a lot of unions? The UAW pumped nearly $6 million into supporting Democratic causes in 2020. Biden met with the leadership of the union shortly after he won in 2020. While the union was under federal investigation, Biden pledged to be in lockstep with labor issues with the union during the meeting. The Biden administration did not respond for a request and comment on the sentencing. Williams' sentencing comes after former UAW Vice President Joe Ashton was sentenced in November of 2020 to 30 months in prison for taking bribes. In December, the union agreed to pay $1.5 million to resolve the five-year investigation. So what did they pay that with? They paid that with union due money, union dues. The current UAW president, Rory Gamble, was not under investigation. Yeah, but it's only Wednesday. <laughs> Give it time. So why does Cousin Eddie, why is he all about the unions? He's all about the unions, right? Because it's a constant flow of money from the unions to the Democratic candidates. And I thought to myself, why, why is that? Why do unions prefer Dems rather than Republicans? I mean, take, for example, 
the pipeline. Take, for example, the wall that created thousands of union jobs. So why would you why would you support Democrats? In my humble opinion, you know the answer because I just read the answer to you. It's called corruption. There's certain people that wink at corruption. There's certain people that say, no, we're not going to stand for corruption. You figure it out. Daily Wire is reporting former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick will edit and publish a book of essays arguing for the abolition of police and prisons. This comes out in October, and it features contributions from a number of radical racial justice activists, including convicted cop killer Muima Abdul-Jamal. Abolition for the People, the Movement for a Future Without Policing and Prisons. That's the name of the book. It's self-published by Kaepernick Publishing. The book represents a collective journey toward building a better world, a world without and beyond policing and prisons. <laughs> you naive idiots. <laughs> you naive idiots. So if you sell a bunch of books, Colin, and do you, do you really think that, that the human nature is such, the sinful nature of man, that they're— that, you can go through life, and as long as there's no police, there will be no crime. Everybody will be happy that all the things that the police do are, are corrupt and wrong, and, and yet all the innocent people out there who, who are just going through and, and just living by the golden rule, never, never committing any crimes. The book features essay from a who's who of radical racial justice advocates, including Abdul-Jamal, who is seen as a major force for social justice despite being convicted of the 1981 murder of a Philadelphia police officer. Abu Jamal was sentenced to death, but his sentence was overturned, and he's now serving life in prison without parole. This is one of the authors who's writing this fine book from Kaepernick about let's get rid of police and let's get rid of prisons, and uh, let's have nothing but mayhem. Even the idiot lawyer up in New York City, even he recognized earlier this week that we have to have police, and he's saying we're going to spend another $105 million on beefing up our police force. We tried it. Less than a year we've tried it, and guess what? It was nothing but chaos. Hey, thanks for being with us. Thanks for the calls. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Play a little political trivia. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.